time for us to break down everything we heard in that pandemic briefing yesterday. It sounds like it could be our last pandemic briefing if all goes well. Vaughn Palmer joins us now from the Vancouver Sun. Hello, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. And yes, let's put the emphasis on if all goes well, because we did this last briefing story. You and I did it uh, just last July. Uh, that was going to be the last briefing because, uh, you know, a third wave is uh, diminishing and who's going to need these things? So anyway, <laughs> as we know, <laughs> Vaughn remembers, we, that's we for were sure. back into it a few weeks later with a Delta wave and Omicron. So Yes, uh, an encouraging briefing yesterday, but as a pandemic pessimist, I'm compelled to point out that it's not over till it's over, and it's clearly not over. Okay, so let's start with the good on here. So what do we know that is working? Yeah, so what is working is uh, hospitalizations are down. There's been a small spike in cases as measured in particular by, um, you know, they test wastewater, right? Right. Um, So there's been a small spike there, but in general, the hospital numbers are down, the ICU numbers are down, and all of that is good. It's a sign that even though the new variant is here and taking over, it's more communicable, but not the kind that sends you off to the hospital. So that's all That's all positive, you know. And uh, Dr. Henry was asked, what's next? And she, in all honesty, she said, I wish I knew, because she doesn't, neither does anybody else. And I guess that's where we go. Yeah, we're still going to have to be on our guard for a while. Right, but we do know that even the people who are getting sick are, they're, they're not ending up in hospital. They're not necessarily ending up on a ventilator. Yes, that is true, and that's very important. And, you know, I thought the most important takeaway yesterday was when Dr. Henry said, look, um, there are two common factors among those who end up with a serious case of COVID-19, who end up in hospital, and who end up on ventilators. And the two common factors some cases they have both of them, in some cases they only have one of them, but the two factors are one, their age, they're over the age of 70, and two, they're not vaccinated. And as she said, we can only change one of those things. We can't change our age. We can change our vaccination status, and that includes getting a booster. And that includes getting the new booster that they're going to start offering right away. Okay, so is this one going to follow the same pattern as the other ones did? Yeah, it is. Uh, So one of the things they've gotten right here, I think, is uh, they have, from the beginning, prioritized who gets the vaccine. So uh, long-term care, immunocompromised, and 70 and older and Indigenous people 55 and older. Those are the high-risk groups, and that's who's going to get the fourth booster first. And the rollout starts right away. I mean, they've said uh, people should start hearing uh, book an appointment right away, and by all means, the message for those groups in particular is get vaccinated. Health Minister Adrian Dix noted that there are 70,000 people uh, almost out of 600,000 people age 70 and older who were eligible for the third booster and who haven't picked it up yet. 
So they should, first of all, deal with that, and then there will be an interval, I think it's six months, before you get the fourth one. Okay, so yeah, that's got to get done, because it's only like 59% of people overall, right, who've gotten that third shot. Yes, that's right, and you know, uh, you're right, and one of the questions was, well, is everybody going to get the fourth eventually? And Dr. Henry said it is not clear yet. They have not decided that yet. The risk for people particularly under the age of 50, the data is not good. They may not need the fourth booster. But again, depending on what happens in the next respiratory season, starting in the fall, we may all end up getting an annual booster for COVID-19. It's clear it is going to be with us for a while. Still don't know how it's going to develop. Still don't know what the next variant after this one is going to be like. So all of that is the area of uncertainty going forward and the kind of thing that keeps pessimists like me up at night. (laughs) Yeah, because there's a lot to be pessimistic about from what we heard yesterday too, right? Oh, yeah. No, that's true. You know, it's really, again, another very good answer from Dr. Henry is there is no magic moment in deciding when to phase out restrictions. It's a series of judgment calls, and she's made a lot of them over two years, and, oh, big surprise, she may have gotten a few of them wrong, but uh, I think always acted with better intention. So here we are, and she said, look, um, at the moment, the number of people in a high-risk category or a high-risk situation indoors and all those other risk factors, is relatively small. Most of us at the moment are not in a high-risk situation of getting serious COVID. You may get it. You're not likely to get it serious. You may have only mild symptoms, like the Premier's reporting this week. And if you take some reasonable precautions, masking still, in in some circumstances, protecting the people around you who are vulnerable, um, that should be good enough for now. And always be aware that the day may come this fall where we have to look at restrictions again, although, again, she said it yesterday, she hopes it doesn't come to having to go back to that. Okay. And also, let's talk about the rapid test here, because this is a big change. Yeah, people should be aware of this one. So uh, have you picked up your entitlement to to rapid test? Oh, I sure did. I picked it up about 10 days ago, but it it was surprising to me to find out how few people have actually done that. Yeah. So there, I mean, healthcare doesn't get more free than this. All you have to do is go to a pharmacy, show your medical card, and they give you a kit of five rapid tests, which are handy for all purposes. And uh, I think the ones you're getting now don't expire till 2024, so they're good for a while. Come next week, they're going to make it even easier. If you're 18 and over, you just go in and ask for the rapid tests at the pharmacy. They're free. You don't even have to show your care card. So go for it. Um, they, in fact, she said uh, that if you if you want. Uh, right now, and you qualify right now, go in this week because they're kind of hoping there'll be a run on these next week. Well, we'll see. As you say, uh, Simi, uh, not nearly enough people have picked them up considering, as I said, uh, that they're free and they may be handy. One of the things they may be very handy for is this fall. 
you know, if we get back into, well, exactly. a, new, in, into a new variant or something, uh, and you just want to know, is it safe to go to work? Do I have... Uh, do I have COVID-19? Is it safe to have a family gathering? Is it safe to visit my grandparents? All of that, uh, that is going to be very, very handy to have those rapid tests. And, you know, if there's a run on them this fall, it may not be as easy to put hand to them. Okay, so all of that is fine. I mean, there's a lot to be positive about there too, but it's going to be hard to track what's going on, Vaughn, given we're going to be getting less information. Yeah, so there's been... One of the biggest credibility gaps to me that this government has is that Premier has and Adrian Dix have both kept insisting, you know, we're transparent, we're giving you everything. There have been gaps from the beginning, and we've been well aware of some of those. It's not going to get any easier going forward. They are going to weekly disclosure of the data, and one of the problems is they're going to automatic an automatic system. So rather than the data being assembled by a fairly large staff, they've just set up a, I guess, computerized system to produce it. And what that means, and I'll give you the big example, is the death count. So more than 3,000 British Columbians have died of COVID-19. Going forward, we'll be given a number of British Columbians who've died with COVID-19 But that number will come with an asterisk. It will be people who've died with COVID-19, but it won't be separated out as to whether or not COVID-19 was the cause of death, because you can die from other things. So that data will then be examined by the vital stats branch of the BC government. And after a time, a matter of weeks, they'll remove the cases that were not directly caused by COVID-19. And then the numbers will be adjusted downward. So Dr. Henry warned us that, you know, starting Mm -hmm. next week, we're going to get an overcount of the death rate. Well, that's one of the indicators we've looked at to go, well, how bad is it? Um, So I think we'll be relying more on the ICU numbers, which are still going to be important. And increasingly, the water testing, the wastewater testing, up to now, it's only been done in Metro Vancouver, but it has provided a good index of how much virus there is out there. They're going to expand that, Simi, to wastewater and other parts of British Columbia. So we'll be looking Hmm. at that data more closely. Interesting. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.